Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson, holistic veterinarian and owner of Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center located in Chicago's northwest suburbs. Dr. Carlson's quotes appear in dozens of publications you can find on the internet, including MarthaStewart.com, PetMD, Rover.com, and many others. Dr. Carlson practices a blend of Eastern and Western medicine. We'd love to hear from you today, 866-472-5788. You can also reach out to us by email holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. We're here today to inform pet owners of issues facing their pets, trends in the industry. Uh, Hold on here, let me fix that. Uh, Trends in the industry. And you might not know about uh, a few other things that we do here as well, which is um, a little bit of telemedicine. You bet. I also offer telemedicine services and records review for your pets. So if you have any questions on that, feel free to get in contact with me and I can help you out. All right. We also have a custom holistic testing program that we have, gosh, 30,000 tests later, I think. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of tests and we, it's, we it's really been a great program. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps with immunity, which is a big topic right now. It is. Uh, best way to keep a virus away is keep yourself healthy. <laughs> it is. So we're going to start today with an update on the novel coronavirus. This is the human version, COVID-19. It's a mutant strain of a coronavirus. It is. There's been uh, there's been a lot of strains of coronavirus uh, that have come up through the years. Uh, this particular one, uh, they've isolated from bats, and when it jumps ship and affects us, you know, all species have a coronavirus that affects them. It isn't the COVID nineteen at this point. You uh, mean like the different right. species have different viruses right. that are called coronavirus right so when you're seeing like people on social media picking up a bottle of cow medicine and (laughs) that says bovine coronavirus that is not the coronavirus that's not COVID-19 that's not the new one and then also it says like on the back of you know one of those wipes the disinfecting wipes uh good for coronavirus but that was packaged before COVID-19 Correct. You know, I'm not still, saying it doesn't work, right. but it's just not the same coronavirus. Right, that not we're the same about. coronavirus because we we all like like I said, we all have the basic strains of coronavirus potentially within species, uh, but this one, uh, starting from bats, happened to jump ship and become a problem for us. And uh, the thing about a virus is it can mutate. You know, so there's we always worry about those little creatures because they're trying to survive just like we are. Uh, so they learn different ways to adapt, unfortunately, and uh, because a virus is kind of the first line of problems for secondary infections, you know, the virus is a, can be essentially harmless, but it opens the body up to other infections, you see, so mm. it can interrupt normal function of, of uh, body functions and body organs, mm-hmm. so it, it really doesn't mean to mess things up, per se, mm-hmm. but it does. And if you're getting 
a reminder card from your vet that your pet needs a coronavirus vaccine, that is also not COVID-19. So in the small animal practices for dogs, we deal with one particular coronavirus. And what are those symptoms? Well, in dogs, it's going to be mainly a diarrhea problem or digestive problem. Okay. And uh, And that happens when they come in close contact with each other. Right. Like puppies. Uh, puppies and uh, in kennels and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know uh, breeding farms where they raise puppies, mm-hmm. you're going to see that a lot more often. It's it's not a traditional core vaccine that we give every year, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not one that I would just you know come in and have a corona vaccine done to protect against COVID-19. It's not the same strain. So. Okay. And currently, there's no vaccine for COVID-19. Okay. And then there's the feline enteric coronavirus. Right. What's enteric mean? Enteric, it means it affects the intestine. Okay. But it can also affect the respiratory tract as well. And the weird thing about cats, their coronavirus, if you have a cat that's positive for corona, it doesn't mean that they're automatically going to get FIP. But in some cats the coronavirus can mutate and turn into the FIP or feline infectious peritonitis virus. Then that's really serious. And it's really serious. It's typically uh, lethal to cats. Yeah. And it's very contagious, right? Extremely contagious at that point. But there again, uh, I've had cat households where one has FIP and the other ones will test positive for corona, but they won't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, there again, like COVID-19, it's it's going to affect more people that have an immunodeficiency mm-hmm. or young people, you know, especially children, more so. And so kitties usually are affected by the feline coronavirus and mm-hmm. older cats. So, um, and then there's a danger of mutation. But uh, there's been no reports that cats have uh, picked it up yet. Have they tested them? Do we know if they've even tested them? So far, I, I don't believe that, uh, you know, that anybody's cats, had a formal test. I don't know. In the world of veterinary medicine, cats come last. Yeah, they, they, they always kinda, do. <laughs> they kind of take a second point, but they are, yeah. they are tough little animals. And, and um, so more of the research uh, is, you know, is, is done through the dog population than the cat population mm-hmm. uh, because cats seem to be uh, pretty resilient little creatures. They sure yeah. are. I love cats. Um, so... If a pet owner has been diagnosed with COVID-19, what should they do with their pet? Because their pet can contract that or carry it. What's the deal? What's going on in Hong Kong? Well, what happened with this dog is that the owner had the COVID-19 and probably through sneezing or contact with the dog, the dog picked it up in its nasal passage. Um. They did repeat the test at this latest report, and they did find that the dog was still positive. But so far, the dog's exhibited no clinical signs that we know of. Okay. So, um, you know, if if you were to contact the virus and you have pets, uh, you would want to isolate them at home, just like you isolate yourself. Oh. Uh, and you would get in, obviously get in contact with the, with the CDC. And the federal authorities let them obviously know that you have pets too oh. and that the precautions uh, would be taken uh, to make sure that they aren't, you know, to monitor them, but make sure that you don't take them for a walk and get in contact with other people be- or other pets because 
Uh, we don't know enough about this virus to know what it's going to do yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still out there is what, what it, the potentials are. We do know about So a dog can be a carrier, but it may not make you sick. Correct. And, and, um, and they don't know if the dog is going to pass it to another dog right. and if that dog is going to get sick. Right. So nobody knows anything much other than they can carry it. Then they can carry it. And, and uh, obviously, the dog can sneeze. You know, and dogs sleep in our beds and stuff like that. So obviously, we wouldn't <laughs> want to let them do that anymore, mm-hmm. uh, and, and keep them somewhat isolated as well. But there'll be more data on that as things go along. Uh, but so far in the United States, there's been no reports that we know of of any pets, um, mm-hmm. you know, being tested or or contracting the virus at this point. Okay, um, will there be a vaccine for this? Someday for animals. Obviously, we can't talk about human stuff, but there, there probably will be um, eventually. You know, they, they work diligently to try to get, and, and probably as we speak, they're probably working on a virus that might, or a vaccine that would be a, a good antidote for this virus. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the Center for Disease Control, I, is a, is an incredible organization, and um, they're always on top of things. Uh, you know, I feel very safe in the United States knowing that they're on, they're in charge of it. Okay. Um, there are some impacts now on the veterinary field, and one of them is a lot of people are stockpiling supplies. So, obviously, the supplies would really go to human medicine first mm-hmm. for, you know, good reason, and I get that. But we actually could not get some supplies from our providers yesterday and the industry. So, you know, this is going to impact us as well as practice owners and you as a practitioner. Yeah, because, uh, you know, some of the things like exam gloves, the, uh, the uh, especially surgical gloves, uh, become harder and harder to get. They're, so far, the medications have not been an issue or vaccines or anything like that. Uh, but as things go along, I'm sure the shipping process and things uh, can affect uh the products we get, but we'll keep you uh, informed as far as what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't want to go out of your house, we do have telemedicine. So we can do that with your pet. I mean, it's, you know, maybe not as good sometimes and it doesn't work in every situation because sometimes you do need to examine things like, you know, feel the leg and look in the air and that kind of thing. So it does make it a little harder, but in some cases you can do telemedicine appointments. Absolutely. So if you don't want to leave your house or you're sick and you don't want to do it, that's completely understandable. Yeah. With the, that's and the there are options. technology, you know, that yeah. we can, we can offer telemedicine and be able to, to at least uh, steer you in the right direction in terms of do you need to come out and, and have uh, some treatment done or or can we talk you through it at home? Mm-hmm. And then animal shelters are going to be experiencing some changes too. That's right. You know, it's going to be mostly concerned about staffing uh, okay. and staffing precautions. Uh, they did main, uh, mention that... Um, you know, shelters because there's a lot of staff and things like that. What would happen if the staff member got the the virus itself? Mm-hmm. Uh, it could mean up to a 14 day quarantine. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have the pets in there too, um, which there would be natural precautions for that. And um, the CDC and the Canadian Public Health Service are recommending that pet owners uh, who have been diagnosed with it avoid contact, close contact with their pets. Wash their hands before touching or feeding the pet. 
Do not snuggle or kiss the pets or let them sleep in the bed with you. All right. That one's hard. That's, that was a hard <laughs> that one. That one's a hard one for me. <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, don't do not cough or sneeze towards your pet. Uh, don't let the pet have contact with other animals or people. So you can imagine uh, what kind of problem that might, that shelters, uh, animal shelters might uh, in kennels and boarding kennels, facilities might Kennels, daycares. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you could have some really serious staffing shortages too. So Absolutely. you might have a whole day booked, but you might not, you know, you don't know, you might not have any yeah. staff to handle it. So I guess people are going to have to be understanding of all of that that's coming up. So the and, most important thing on that, too, I was thinking of is that, you know, if if there's any respiratory signs in the staff. Go home. St- go home. And stay there. Or just don't come in and work. <laughs> yeah. You know, just take, just Take the precaution, but the, the, we can't really force a person that, to come into work if they have a, you know, a bad cold. Definitely don't want to do that. And, you know, the same for pet owners, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. that's And it's paper money that is one of the big problems right. um, as far as spreading COVID from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we do obviously accept paper money here. So. <laughs> so I'm like, you guys wash your hands, run. So, yeah, natural precautions, you know, obviously keep yourself healthy uh, to keep your pet yeah. healthy and vice versa. Is gonna be right. most we'll talk a little bit more in our next half hour about that as well. So we also uh, want to take a moment today to talk about uh, some of the celebrity diet trends. One of them is plant based. I've done plant based. I think it's great. Great way to be healthy by using just plants as a main source of food. And someone was into the goodness of plants a long, long time ago in Wisconsin, the founder of the company. Standard Process. This Wisconsin-based organic farm uses plants and their goodness to uh, work on uh, nurturing medications or supplements, uh, rather, for people and animals that help them with different kinds of health concerns. With us today from Standard Process is Jody Griffiths. She's a certified veterinary technician who helps veterinarians joy- choose the right products at Standard Process. Thanks for joining us today, Jody. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we were able to go to the farm and tour the manufacturing facilities and that beautiful organic farm. Very professional environment. You can tell you guys really care about the quality uh, of your uh, supplements that you have. Um, So I was very impressed by that. Thank you. Standard Process is a great company. Um, I've been with this company for a little over 12 years. And what we offer is is a little bit unique. Um, There are lots of supplement companies out there, as you know. And really the basis behind our products is is we're providing a wide variety of nutrients to our, well, to people and to animals because we also have human products as well. Um, But we're providing a wide variety of different nutrients still coming from a food base. Um, And so it's a very cool thing because it enables us to offer this variety to the animals for them to be able to pick and choose um, the different nutrients that their bodies require. Um, We have different lines of products. There is a human line of products. Um, There is an herbal line of products. Um, The name of that company is MediHerb. It's an Australian herbal company that we distribute their products here in the United States. And then we also have our veterinary formula line of products. Um, and so it's it's a very cool thing to be a part of, and I'm I'm excited to be here with you guys today just to share a little bit of that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the farm that you guys raise the majority of your food based um, 
plants uh, is absolutely gorgeous, run with such care. It's an organic farm. And, it, you know, your guys are concerned about protecting the environment, the way you compost your uh, things that you're not using out of the plant. Um, it's mm-hmm. just uh, very holistic. Yeah, our farm is something that we're really we're really super proud of. Um, it is a certified organic farm. It's about a mile down the road from the manufacturing facility here in Palmyra, Wisconsin. Um, this farm supplies more than 80% of the raw plant ingredients that are going into our formulas. Um, and so some of the examples of, of the crops that we're growing on a very regular basis are alfalfa, kale, kidney bean. Um, we grow a lot of Spanish black radish, beetroot, pea vine, um, some Brussels sprouts, buckwheat. Um, those are just to name a few. And there's lots of cool stuff that goes on at the farm. I'm excited that you guys had the opportunity to to come for a visit and and to have a tour of the of the facility. Um, our farm manager is Christine Mason. She is absolutely brilliant when it comes to organic farming, to crop rotation, um, to getting the best yields out of the nutrients from these crops. And there's a lot of just cool equipment that we have there, too. Um, there's one building that's dedicated specifically to a very large drying machine so that we're able to dry many of the um, ingredients that are coming off the fields. We also have another building that you probably saw that's dedicated specifically to juicing. It has a, a bunch of different juicing equipment in it um, at a very large scale, um, not just like your little juicer that you have on your kitchen counter um, because there are some of, our, some of our crops that we juice to get the benefit from those formulas as well to go into our into our products. So it's it is beautiful, I agree, especially during the summer here in Wisconsin. It's I mean the the fields are beautiful and just all of the um, work that goes into maintaining the organic nature of it is incredible. It's it's a very cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a real team for sure. Um, your founder Tell us a little bit about your founder who pioneered all these products and how he came up with plants and some animal materials like organs as solutions. Right. So Dr. Royal Lee was the founder of Standard Process. Um, Dr. Lee really was an incredibly um, intelligent man, and he spent so much time, even in his, his younger years of life, studying the effects that nutrients and food had on the health of the body. Um, the company is over 90 years old. We celebrated our 90th anniversary last year. And so a lot of the development, development and the ideas behind um, many of the human formulas happened many, many years ago. Um, and so Dr. Lee, back in the probably 19, early 1920s, was really concerned about the health of the American people. And he was concerned that maybe some of the decline in the health of America could be associated with the foods that they were eating or maybe the lack of foods, of good whole foods that they should have been eating that they, that they weren't. Um, and so he started combining different foods together. Um, he developed a way to gently process them to preserve the natural integrity of their nutrients. Um, and essentially put them into a convenient form that people could easily take on a daily basis. And that really is still our philosophy today, not only for the human formulas, but also for our veterinary formulas as well. Uh, We're using the same quality ingredients in our veterinary formulas as we use in in the human products. 
Okay. And so that legacy has continued. Our company is still a family-owned company. Um, the current president of our company is Charlie Dubois. He is the great nephew of Dr. Lee and his wife. Um, and so the mm. company has always been family-owned, and that it really creates a great environment for us as employees as well, because it definitely has a family feel to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to get these supplements from your healthcare provider, right? This is correct, yes. We feel okay. strongly that there should be a relationship between the healthcare professional, or in our world, the veterinarian, and the patient and the client. Um, there are lots of different supplements to choose from. And we really want to make sure that the best combination of supplements that are being chosen are going to be good for what that patient's needs are at that time. Every animal is individual. Every animal has individual needs. And that really is the beauty of using more of a whole food-based product because we really have no way of knowing what each individual animal's needs are, what their requirements are. Sometimes even litter mates can have different requirements. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's the beauty of of the standard process supplements is we can offer products that are going to support different organs and systems in the body. And the best way to to determine maybe what products are going to be most appropriate is for those recommendations to come from your veterinarian because they'll know your your pet's history. They're going to understand maybe what their current needs are. They can evaluate if there are other products that they're taking, whether it be pharmaceuticals or maybe other supplements. Um, and so that really is, is the best way to be determining what products um, should be recommended. And if your veterinarian isn't familiar with the standard process supplements, I would encourage that you talk to them about it because I get many calls every day from veterinarians whose clients have said, you know what, I found out about these supplements. I'm, I'm really interested in using them in my animals. And then they'll turn around and they'll call me. So encourage your veterinarians to give me a call. Um, I would be happy to talk to them, happy to answer any questions that they have. Or you can even go to our website, which is www.standardprocess.com. At the bottom of the homepage is a, um, a search for a healthcare provider. And all you mm-hmm. have to do is, is type in your zip code and then just choose veterinarian. And it will give okay. you a list of veterinarians in your area that... Um, are familiar with the products. Or if you're close to Dr. Carlson, you should go see him. Thank you. <laughs> Too bad. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fantastic <laughs> because um, if, for those veterinarians that maybe are just getting a, a start into it and, and recommending to their clients, um, do you agree that a, a daily supplement should be always be introduced to the diet? I, I kind of believe that not all the nutrition in the dog food carries all the available nutrients, so I always try to encourage at least something that might improve on that. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree, and I often tell veterinarians, every single patient that walks through your clinic doors has a nutritional component to it. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're healthy, if they're compromised, if they're young, if they're old. Um, There are so many different opinions out there on what the ideal diet is. I I don't personally don't know that an ideal diet exists, honestly, because what works well for one animal maybe doesn't work as well for another one. Mm-hmm. Um, true. And yeah, there, there certainly could be some downfalls to some of the diets that our patients are eating nowadays. There could be room for there to be nutritional deficiencies that could build up over time that could contribute to some of the, 
some of the conditions that we see in veterinary medicine. So I absolutely agree that... What's your most popular supplement? Most popular, ooh. Um, If we're talking more general, I would say canine or feline whole body support. Um, Those two products are a wide variety of different ingredients. They're going to support multiple organs, multiple systems in the body. Um, Those supplements are truly the product that really any cat or dog could benefit from. Um, They're very safe. They can certainly be used in combination with other products with with pharmaceuticals. So those are very popular. Um, If we get a little bit more targeted, uh, feline line, probably feline renal. Uh, We see so many kidneys or so many kitties with kidney compromise that feline renal is a great product for supporting not only the cats that are showing signs of, of kidney compromise, but we can also recommend it proactively as well. And that's an important thing to know about the standard process supplements, too, is you don't have to wait until your pets are showing signs of maybe needing some support. You can certainly use them proactively to help to provide that, that extra nutrition, you know, like you said, Dr. Carlson, that is going, maybe they might not be getting from their diet on a daily basis or maybe at all. Um, and so feline renal is, is certainly a product that you can use proactively. Canine side... Hmm. Canine musculoskeletal is, is very popular just because it's a great product, not only for animals that are showing signs of discomfort in their joints, um, but again, it's a product that we can use for maybe large breeds. Um, we can use it for really active animals. Um, we can use it for animals that are, that are doing agility and those types of things to really support all of the different connective tissues in their body. Um, so that's a, that's, probably pretty high on the list as well. Hmm. Yeah, great products. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, good. Well, it was really nice talking to you, Jody Griffiths, CVT from <laughs> Standard Process. And um, <laughs> again, I hope to come back up there and see this wonderful farm. It was so incredible. Absolutely. We would welcome you at any time. Thanks, Jody. All right, we'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that farm really is something else. It's like great. if you get a chance and they're having a farm tour and you're in the Midwest, it's really not that far from Lake Geneva, which is north of Chicago. A lot of people know where Lake Geneva is, kind of a big uh, hot spot <laughs> in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin is beautiful, and and uh, the Standard Process Farm is, mm-hmm. is like she said, it's really just a incredible. wonderful place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go visit it, you know, and um, and see how it works. It's prescribed it's a lot of those products over the years. We have, yeah, yeah, but with with good reason. Um, so uh, we're gonna be able to take your questions if you guys want to call in. It's eight hundred four seven two five seven eight eight. We're gonna talk a little bit when we come back about the top ten antivirals. So they're not necessarily gonna be like bleach or <laughs> no. uh, you know those kinds of things that you get at the store, but things that you can actually take. Um, or give your pet, not you can take, but give your pet that can help um, kind of head off a viral attack um, like the COVID-19. Not that it's, you know, we don't know if it's what's going to, you know, happen with the ability to, um, you know, prevent COVID-19 because so little is known about it. However, these antivirals are pretty potent little items. I took one all winter long and it kept me pretty 
pretty good, uh, pretty well off. Natural products are incredible. Mm-hmm. So 800-472-5788. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment to talk about the antivirals and your listener questions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson, holistic veterinarian. We're here today to inform pet owners of issues facing their pets, trends in the industry, and new treatments you might not know about that can help you help your pet. We encourage you to discuss any issues with your own veterinarian or track down Dr. Carlson on his Facebook page, Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. You can get in touch with us to talk about your pet's care, find out more about our holistic program, maybe do some telemedicine via Skype or Facebook Messenger and discover some of our favorite treats and foods. Dr. Carlson is here with us now. So the thing is this, we are going to talk a little bit more about the COVID-19 because it's just such a hot topic. People, there's all sorts of crazy things happening on social media, like ideas and, um, you know, this is how it 
COVID really is, or this situation doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you like have a responsibility of being like a healthcare professional and you really start reading all of that stuff, you're like, okay, this is pretty serious. You have to take responsibility. That's the biggest thing with <clears throat> controlling something that's as serious <laughs> as, as this is that we, we don't want to put it off as something that, uh, you know, that'll just go away or, or mm-hmm. be, a, be a passing thing. You know, obviously it will pass and we'll figure it out. But at the same time, we want to take those natural precautions. It's not hard uh, to do. Uh, obviously, the the government is doing an incredible job to ward it off in the United States. And try to catch up. And, and catch up in uh, the Center for Disease it. Control. And prevent it. You know, they're... Shutting uh, down the colleges and, and that kind of thing is a yeah. source of prevention, you know. All those people close together. It's impossible to keep like a high school or college clean enough to to have that, you know, not be contagious. No, and it's smart just to kind of calm it down, to calm it down, let it pass. It won't be forever. So is know. the same thing going to happen in animal care settings? You know, the the jury's out yet. Uh, obviously, because people are connected to the pets, um, whatever happens to us, you know, is they're going to be involved in some way. Uh, one of the biggest uh, scares, especially in animal shelters, you know, that would be if if uh, we contracted the virus, should we give our pet up? You know, should we put him in the shelter? Uh, you know, if if we got sick for any reason, that would be really sad to have um, to do. Or if they just as a as an alarming point, well, I could get the virus, so I need to get rid of my pet. No, these are uh, things that the, the pets aren't getting. Uh, they can. Uh, you know, obviously be exposed to it through us, but they're not getting sick. Um, and uh, if we stay healthy, even if we contract the virus, um, there usually no serious things are going to happen. Uh, if you do have an immunocompromised uh, immune system and you have a pet, just you have to take precautions, you know, just like you've done before. Uh, it's no difference. And um, we're trying to keep it out of, obviously, with viruses, uh, a large population of people, mm-hmm. a large population of dogs. Uh, so it could have an impact on boarding kennels and things like that as well. So, um, But just taking responsibility, listening to the news, making sure we're staying up to date on those things are important. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everybody's out of stuff. Like, there's no toilet paper. There's almost no paper towels. And there's no cleaning products. I actually hit on a few that had landed on the shelf yesterday. <laughs> so I bought a lot of them. I didn't take them all. I wasn't a pig about it. But it, you know, I, I felt, I would have felt bad, you know, taking it all for myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, and we have to remember there's there's really good natural cleaning products. Vinegar and water is still the one of the best. Hydrogen cleaning. peroxide is a great cleaning product. Yeah. People forget about that. It eats tissue even. Right. So I don't know if it works on COVID-19. But <laughs> I would give that one a try. And it's just straight up alcohol we've been using on our tables. Um, there are some more products like hospital disinfectants that we do have. Um, they are really pretty serious products, and they discovered in a couple of studies that um, human nurses who use a lot of disinfecting products end up with a higher possibility of COPD. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that concerns me for my employees. So I like to tell them that and give them the option of using something milder. This was before COVID-19 hit. Yeah. But now I would probably ask them to cover their respiratory tract. Yeah, and there's probably more bigger risks with pets too. Uh, 
um, with the extra cleaning going on and stuff like that, they are very sensitive to the mm-hmm. to, to the fumes and you know well, to the chemicals. They're very sensitive to bleach. They are, mm-hmm. especially cats, because you know they're. If if we think about it, and my rule of thumb was always, you know, if if you put it on the floor, actually get on the floor and smell it. And if you can't stand being on the floor, your pet can't stand it either. <laughs> okay. You know, because they can smell. I, we had in the other show how many more times they can smell than we uh-huh. can. That's true. So just get down there and smell it. Yeah, and they're absorbing things, right? Like household cleaners, disinfectant. That comes through their paws into their body. Yeah, there's. It's like we wouldn't walk barefoot on it, so why do we expect them to? You know, so you yeah. want to use something natural. Even if it's dry, floor. you're they're still going to absorb it. Yeah, because their their paws could be wet from being outside, or and they do sweat through their pads. Mm-hmm. You know, cats and dogs both they do sweat through that, so they can absorb some of that chemical mm-hmm. um, just a little bit at a time. And because cats always you know clean themselves, they're they're licking their feet and. Mm-hmm. And their and their fur, and you've seen a lot of animals come in here. They've been exposed to household chemicals. You know it, mm-hmm. and it does show up when we do your custom holistic testing. We do screen for all those like household chemicals and environmental toxins, and those come up a lot. There's like all kinds of different cleaners on there. I mean, there's forty thousand different allergens and sensitivities associated with this test, and the ones that are associated with cleaning are. A big concern because that causes a lot of different symptoms. That's for sure. It can cause um, the the COPD like symptoms, bronchitis, um, you know, bronchopneumonia, eosinophilic in, uh, respiratory problems, and uh, and obviously skin problems because uh, anything that's associated with the respiratory is going to be associated with the skin. And uh, on a secondary basis, the GI tract, so it can lead to more leaky gut syndrome, much more skin problems, immune system compromised, things like that. So, um, you know, we, we want to take that into consideration, the cleaning products we use, uh, but we also want to be safe as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talk to your veterinarian about it, but also just make sure that the, you know, even call a company and say, is this pet safe or how, you know, follow label directions, don't, don't. You know, more is not necessarily better. You know, following uh, the exact protocol, you're going to be in a lot better shape. Yeah, the more is not better is probably a pretty big one. Yeah. <laughs> it's tempting to dump half a bottle of bleach in there and mop the floor when you're facing an epidemic. <laughs> right. You almost didn't want to take a bath and bleach, you know. It's a but pandemic. It's like, yeah, you don't, don't, don't do it. You'll make it worse. But So if you, know. you cleaned the house <laughs> and if you cleaned the floors, <laughs> What would you what would you use? <laughs> yeah, I've been down there and I use the same philosophy. <laughs> it's that because I and it, it's hard to do, but probably the biggest thing if I'm cleaning the floors is I'm doing it by hand because then I can tell if it's too much. You know, good. You can get right on that when you get home. <laughs> Excellent. I'll make that list. <laughs> Add that to your list, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, let's let's dog in Hong Kong. Okay, they've only had one dog. Is that it? That they've one dog so far, tested. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows how many other dogs there are, but they tested one dog, and they found that it carried COVID nineteen. They did, and and probably the reason they tested it is because the owner had COVID nineteen, and so it makes sense if if they had it that they would test the dog and make sure that the respiratory tract, uh, you know, how would they contact it because it. As we know more about it, we'll be able to explain it more in terms of, of transfer of virus and things like that. And 
And um, all along, I get asked all questions, you know, even if you had the flu and stuff, can my pet get the flu? And the answer is they can get exposed to it. They may or may not get sick from it because uh, they may not have the receptors that the virus can attach to their cells like we do and vice versa. But uh, when you got such a virulent virus like this one, uh, we don't know the implications because the weird thing about a virus is it can mutate. Uh, and it happens all the time. That's why we all these viruses come up uh, through the years. Okay. So the dog was tested, then it was retested, mm-hmm. and it still carried it. Yeah. They, they wanted to make sure it wasn't a, a bad test or false positive, oh, uh, so they redid it again, and it was Is indeed, that going to be forever? Or will it go away? Uh, good question. The, the, the pet so far has not been sick. Um, to my knowledge, it was a healthy dog, so my... Uh, Thoughts on that is anytime you got a healthy animal is that they're probably going to clear the virus and, and not be a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we go through this, um, you know, obviously we'll build immunity and things like that as well. So they're looking at the possibility. Obviously, this is affecting a lot of people. So colleges are canceling. Schools are considering canceling and going to online classes for the rest of the school year. <clears throat> Sorry. You've seen people stockpiling all kinds of stuff like toilet paper and paper towels and cleaning supplies. So that's all wiped out. And then, you know, you're going to start seeing impacts on all sorts of other industries and businesses. Mm-hmm. So people may not want to go out of the house and take their dog to the vet. What are you going to do? Like if you have a sick dog, what can you do? Well, the best thing is, um, you know, what we offer here is telemedicine. Yeah, that's true. So That'd be good. we can we can talk over the phone and make some decisions. You can do Skype, are. you can do Facebook Messenger. Right. We can even do house calls, you know, yeah. to come in if, if something like that should take place. So we're prepared to take precautions. Um, mm-hmm. the ABMA, American Veterinary Medical Association, is is keeping track of of the implications of COVID nineteen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the supply shortages are something that are really a concern mm-hmm. for me. Um you know, as a manager of a practice trying to source products and, you know, medical supplies, mm. they're going to go to the human market first, which is totally, we totally all get that, mm-hmm. you know, humans definitely take care of them. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that, but you know, like yesterday, the surgical gloves didn't show up Yeah. and the, um, you know, latex gloves, the nitrile gloves, it's like, oh no, they're not in here. Oh my gosh, they're back ordered. Mm-hmm. And So I'm like scampering around online trying to find everything that we need and starting a little bit of a stockpile for ourselves. So you may encounter, you know, vets who maybe don't have enough surgery gloves to perform surgery, the sterile gloves that you need. You can encounter supply shortages. Um, Just be going to have to be patient and really understanding about what could really happen here. Yeah, we're res- as a nation, we're resilient. So you know, at first, um, you know, there'll be shortages. There'll be there'll be a little bit of a panic at times, but yeah. uh, but at the same time, you know, we're uh, these are short term problems. You know, that we'll get through and, so, yeah. and make solutions. And um, you know, so uh, but going forward, you know, just staying on top of things. Um, you know, the ABMA here, um, Center for Disease Control. Um, we're always talking together. So as a as a veterinary and human medical uh, profession, 
uh, it becomes almost like a one medicine right now because mm-hmm. it can impact not only us as humans, obviously, but then uh, we want to know, okay, we live with animals too, so how's that going to impact them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing is that, you know, your employees could come down with that. Your veterinarians could come down with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might want to go or need to go on a 14-day confinement. Yeah, they got to be isolated. and So, mm-hmm. you know, you may find you know, that there are some issues associated with that. So just be patient right now, you know, like everything uh, with your animal hospital. I know it's your baby and I get that because I have a lot of dog and cat babies Mm -hmm, (laughs) and some horse babies as well. Um, But, you know, it's, it is like everything else uh, at this moment in time. Very, very interesting. Um, But something to keep an eye on. It's just changing so quickly. So since COVID-19 is such a hot topic today, we're going to also discuss immunity. Now, some pets have immune systems that are compromised. It's possible that pets with a compromised immune system also could be at risk for other kinds of infections and diseases. What does a compromised immune system look like in a pet? Well, unfortunately, it can look like many things because, um, but when we talk specifically about the immune system, we are talking about uh, first of all, the lymph nodes, the lymphatic system, the uh, bone marrow, which where the origin of those white blood cells come from, mm-hmm. uh, and how that circulates in the body. So um, a lot of times, if uh, if a pet is immunocompromised, they're going to have a lot of illnesses, like chronic illnesses, all the time. They're going to be, um, you know, they'll have diarrhea one time and then maybe vomiting the next time. Maybe they break out in the skin problem. Uh, so does that happen when they're older or is it at other times? Well, it, you know, we think about puppies as they're developing their immune system or considered immunocompromised till they've had their immune system developed. So by the time they're six months old, they have a pretty strong immune system. uh, So it takes some time. It'll take some time. So puppies are probably most at risk. And then the, as you mentioned, the older dogs, because, um, as, as they're getting older, I kind of think of, of, of animals like us, um, as we get older, we become more childlike, more dependent. Our immune systems start to be immunocompromised again. So, mm-hmm. um, so the dogs that I consider probably more at risk would be dogs over 10 years old. Okay. Uh, that may be having more. Uh, like, what's that look like to a pet owner, though? I mean, is it a lethargic dog? Is it a dog with no energy or what? The, those are some of the symptoms. But there's no one no one thing that's going to tell you. Patho- what they call pathognomonic, like which is specific for it. Okay, whatever that word was. <laughs> yeah, pathognomonic. That's okay. a good one for <laughs> But that means that the disease has a very specific symptom, like diabetes, high Got blood it. sugar would be pathognomonic. Okay, all yeah. right. So this is maybe sometimes, I suppose, more of a collection of a lot of little things. Yeah, uh, okay. especially um, if your pet's coming in, you know, is sick. And a month later, it's sick again. Yeah, and, you know, our then, dog is our dog is getting that way. Lily is getting that way. Yeah. She's sort of like one day it's vomiting. Yeah. Then she's fine, but she's 13 now. Yeah. Um, and our our Shelties, all of our dogs live a really long time. I mean, like 21, that kind of thing. So she's got a long haul. So yeah. She's, yeah. Okay. So what does an overactive immune system look like? Well, you're going to see that a lot with the skin uh, because uh, overactive immunity usually comes to the surface in some form. And uh, so rashes. So we're um, going to see those as more acute, like I got to come in, this dog is itching like crazy. Yeah. So that's a really obvious one. 
That is, it's sort of like a bee sting. Uh, that would be an overactive immune system. If they have a swelling on the face after a bee sting or even after a vaccination, okay. usually means the immune system was overactive. Uh, if the vaccine caused swelling uh, and also break out in a rash or vasculitis or diarrhea, uh, these could mean that your uh, immune system was just fired up okay. and, uh, and overdid it, especially wheel and flares or hives and those kind of things as well. Um, I've seen a lot of new products called immune boosters for animals. Mm -hmm. Do those work? Well, the, the uh, any supplements you get aren't guaranteed or labeled to prevent anything. Okay. But in my opinion, nutrition that's is... That's the law, yeah, right? That's a law. You know, so they you can't... You can't say this is going to be a cure-all? No. Okay. Um, because it hasn't been formally researched like, uh, like the regular medicine. Uh, but at the same time, it's... It's the old cliche, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, is that you want to be feeding, putting good fuel in to get good results out. So supplements that help boost the immune system, like standard processed, uh, whole body support, um, canine immunoboost, uh, these are some really good products. Okay. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, cutting down on the grains in the diet, uh, you don't have to go totally grain free, uh, but at the same what, time. What does that do? Well, the grains, uh, they can hype, hype up the immune system oh. uh, because they absorb quickly and they kind of hyperactivate the whole body. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, uh, you know, eating a sucker, uh, getting that sugar in right away or drinking a pop. You know, you get that surge of, of energy. Oh. But then you can get kind of a, a yeah, knockdown a effect later on, a crash. Blood sugar crash. So, uh, so high grain diets, um, you know, sometimes uh, adding the meat to the diet to make sure because protein, let's face it, protein, the immune system needs protein. Okay. Okay. So it's it's important to feed that and, and make sure they're getting plenty of protein. Uh, what about gut health? Extremely important. 80% of the immune systems in the gut. Okay. Um, those bacteria have their own little colony, microbiome it's called. So, um, so the over that's why food is so important. Over um, overdone immune system and the underdone immune system, all can benefit from all of those things. Yeah, if okay. I was gonna, uh, and it's like uh, my mentor told me, it, it you know if any health problem starts with the gut. Mm -hmm. So obviously starts with a good salad food. Mm -hmm. uh, nutritional supplements and, um, you know, making sure because you can take the best, you know, do the best prevention in the world. But if you're like, if I'm eating candy bars mm -hmm. all day long, it's not going to help me. I know, but wouldn't it be fun? It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, no there. I love them. <laughs> all right. A lot of people are wondering what they can do to fend off getting sick and to help their pets and keep them from contracting and carrying COVID-19 as well. There are some natural antivirals on the market that are easily found, at least right now, uh, before people start stockpiling them, probably. It never hurts to give them a try. So tell us a little bit about what these are. Well, first of all, colloidal silver is one of those they, it's been around for so long. It's it's almost. They like used an it to treat remedy. the bubonic plague. Right. I mean, in the old days, not now, obviously, but. Right. It could fend some things off. There's also elderberry, which I took all winter, yeah. and I thought that was really really good. When I stopped taking it, then I got sick. But I think it did keep me from getting sick. Yeah, so. Sambucus is a wonderful product. I mean, it's a uh, the. Um, 
and it works specifically a, a, a against the the organisms that come into the body. Okay. Uh, you know, garlic has always been a great one. Um, you got to be careful with garlic, though, don't you? Do. you? I mean, you, you don't want to give that. You you want to probably give it when there's an outbreak. Okay. Of disease, so you don't want to give that every day year round. Mm-hmm. And and none of these supplements, I don't take elderberry year round. Okay. I mean, you want to right. You want to watch. Take that. a break. Yeah. Um, green tea is a good one. Licorice root, mm-hmm. olive leaf, um, St. John's wort as well. Right. Could you give that? I'm not sure if you can give that to dogs and you, cats. You can. You have to be careful. Uh, okay. Some of the supplements, human supplements, you want to talk to your veterinarian before you give it. Yeah, just that is the big thing. You yeah. know, I mean. People, you know, we're a holistic practice, so we have a lot of holistic-minded people. But, you know, when they come in and they've tried a lot of different stuff, you kind of become concerned because they didn't mm-hmm. ever talk to you about it. Right. And not all those things are, you know, going to work. And sometimes yeah. they can counteract with, with mm-hmm. the medicines we give them if they have to be on medicine. Yeah. But More harm than good or maybe even just not effective at all. Right. You just got to talk to your doctor. Right. Okay, we have a listener question today. Um on our recent podcast, we talked about the benefits of coconut oil for dogs. I have one dog, 28 pounds, the other's nine pounds. How much and often should they be given coconut oil? Because her senior dog is a little chubby and she doesn't want to give them too much. Well, for small dogs, a quarter teaspoon a day would be about right. Um, and you would give that uh, in the food. Uh, you can give it directly. Coconut oil is extremely safe. Uh, you'll know if you're giving too much oil because the stools will soften up, but as a standard rule, um, usually a, a fourth of a, a teaspoon for small dog, uh, half a teaspoon for medium size, and then on up. Okay. All right. And then um, one other question. What is in a tick-borne disease test? Because we're getting into tick season. Uh, the tick-borne, it, what we test for is going to be really three main things, Ehrlichia, uh, Lyme disease, and then Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Uh, Is that anaplasmosis? Anaplasmosis, yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, they, uh, it's typically called a 4DX test or Accuplex test, um, and it's a good time to start screening for that, um, especially we go into tick season as it warms up. Do you do it after they've been bitten by a tick, or do you do it like before the tick season starts? Well, you can really do both. Uh, You can use it as a standard test once a year to see if they've ever had exposure uh, but if you're pulling ticks off, you want to. There's about a, a you know a two to four week incubation, so you don't want to necessarily test right away. You can test, get a baseline, see if they've had previous exposure, mm-hmm. and then a month later test again to see if they have a rising titer. And if they do, uh, then it's it usually warrants being on some medication for that. Doxycycline is kind of a mm-hmm. standard drug. Okay. All right. So that's coming right up, flea and tick season. So better get your prevention now. Um, And uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can email us at holisticvetadvice at gmail.com, just like our other listeners have today. And then um, you can also visit our Facebook page, which is Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. And uh, we'd be happy to, you know, take your questions, try to help you out. And, of course, offer you telemedicine if you're in a bind, uh, always with holistic medicine, too. Well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. We're really glad you're with us. And stay safe out there. You know, we're concerned about everybody, human or pet. That's for sure. We want to stay safe and, and, and uh, you know, take your vitamins. 
Drink your orange juice. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks again for being with us today on Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.